today on CityCast Madison. It's maple syrup season. There's nothing better on a big stack of hot blueberry pancakes, right? People in Wisconsin have been tapping maple trees for thousands of years, way before Madison was a city. The same basic process is still used to this day in backyards and maple groves all around us. And now's the time. The tradition lives on at the Aldo Leopold Nature Center in their annual maple syrup fest. Our host, Bianca Martin, gets the deets on how you can make and try this local sweet treat with Nature Center staff Virginia Wigan and Kara Erickson. I'm Molly Stentz. It's Thursday, March 9th. And here's what Madison's talking about. Food. If it's Thursday, we're talking about food. Take it away, Bianca. Kara, hello. Hi. Virginia, welcome. Good morning. I'm going to start with you, Kara. Why do you host a festival devoted to maple syrup? Well, first of all, who does not love maple syrup? It is such a sweet, delicious, sticky treat, um, especially on top of your pancakes. But also we host it as a community event to bring the community together every spring and celebrate the history and science of maple syruping. It's a fun, family-friendly event in which we explore the grounds and talk about the how maple syrup is made. Um, it's also free. That's always a perk. Free and accessible, exactly. We want everybody to come, anybody and everyone who would like to come out to join us and money should not be a barrier. So we have a free event with free parking and a free shuttle from Ahuska Park. Virginia, let's talk about the syrup. It's way different than pancake syrup at the grocery store, right? No Aunt Jemima here for many reasons. Uh, real maple syrup is, well, the real deal. Yeah, you know, the type of syrup that is much less expensive to buy than real maple syrup at the store. It's mostly it's mostly corn syrup with a little bit of maple flavoring in it to kind of add that enhancement. And for all of our school programs and field trips, we do a taste test between pancake syrup and real maple syrup. And it's really surprising, you know, it does taste a lot different. So just having people recognize that what they think they're eating as maple syrup is not always the real deal. Well, it's very lovely and generous of you. You know, you're pointing out the fact that, hey, you can still like that syrup. It's it's not necessarily maple so much, but it, it's different. So I want to hear about the extraction process. How does it work? Like, how do you make maple syrup? Yeah, it is, it's quite a process, but it's really neat. In the springtime, when the days, uh, the temperatures get above freezing during the day and below freezing at night, that's really when the sap flow starts. So that's kind of our cue that it's time to tap the trees because the sap will be, sap will be flowing. So um, there's a small um, wood or most oftentimes today metal or plastic um, called a spile. And it's just like a little a couple inch um, spout. So you drill a hole on the tree, usually the south side of the tree, because you want to get that sun where the sun is shining. Um, drill a hole about an inch and a half in, tap that spile in, and that's your, your spout where the sap is going to come out. There's all sorts of ways of collecting the sap from buckets to, you know, the Vermont pictures that you probably recognize with the metal buckets and the quintessential, um, you know, maple syrup look, or there's like plastic tubing now that all runs down to one big tank that it 
gathers together. So any way to lots of different ways to collect that sap out of the tree. You know, I'm just thinking about the history and I wonder if anyone looked at woodpeckers <laughs> or like, is that, you know, like, hey, there's stuff in there. <laughs> yeah, totally. Actually, um, there's a bird called the yellow-bellied sapsucker. Have you heard of that bird? I haven't. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, but it actually, they thought it was eating the sap, but the sapsucker actually pecks a hole and the sap comes out, but then insects are drawn to the sap because um, it's sticky sure. and sweet. And then the bug is actually mostly eating the insects. I'm sure it's getting some of the sap too, but um, yeah. the name is a little deceiving because it's called a sapsucker, but it's <laughs> eating the insects that eat the sap. So it's all connected, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So your instinct was right for sure. Or even if yes. you like pr- you prune a tree <laughs> Or a branch breaks off of a maple tree. You know, sometimes you can see that sap dripping out of a wound in the tree, too. So it doesn't have to be a spile. It's just a little bit more convenient, consolidated way to collect it. I loved that sap, like, coming out as a kid, like, looking at trees. I was obsessed. (laughs) Yeah, it's so cool. I mean, trees are pretty rad, you know, like, that they can make their own food and do all these things so yeah yeah. and then feed us they're so generous right um speaking of does it hurt the tree it doesn't you know kids ask that question all the time when we're teaching kids we kind of compare it to like you know you would get like a scrape or a scratch and it would heal so the tree will when you pull this file out it kind of looks like the scar heals up It almost looks like a little belly button on the tree is what I think it looks like. But, you know, if you didn't do it right or did it at the wrong time of the year um, or put too many, you know, took too much. It's a lesson for the world, right? Don't take too much from nature. It would damage the tree. But done properly, no, it doesn't. Take what you need. Um, I hear you also tap your own trees. And I want to know about weather matters. We're talking about the time of year. How has this winter been for the maple season? Yeah, it started earlier. It's always a little unpredictable. There's some days, you know, there's always that warm day in January. You're like, it's spring. And then it's actually not spring. So just kind of watching, you know, the weather and when it's consistently going to have that above freezing during the day and below freezing at night. Has it been a... Yeah, it's been good so far. Yeah. Yeah. We tapped probably around Valentine's Day. And it was quick right away and then slow and now it's picking up again. So was that a Valentine's Day activity? Yeah, no, I (laughs) we did a show a whole I know. (laughs) I don't actually think it was, but it's better than some other Valentine's activities, I think. (laughs) It's sweet for your loved one. (laughs) Yes, I adore that you said that. It is sweet. It's so sweet. What's your favorite way to eat maple syrup? Oh, my gosh. At our Maple Syrup Fest event, we serve um, ice cream sundaes with maple syrup on top, which I think is just like, it's pretty great. Um, Mm. You know, instead of putting chocolate on the top, you just drizzle it with maple syrup. Oh, you you have do you have to throw out the chocolate? (laughs) Yeah, you could. Oh my gosh, that would actually be really great too. Or use chocolate ice cream with maple syrup. That could be pretty great. I don't know. I really like it in like a cup of tea too, just as a sweetener. 
I appreciate that. That just made me grab my tea, which has honey. Maybe I'll put maple syrup in it next time. <laughs> you know, what draws you to this activity? Like doing it the traditional way. It's always a good, you know, annual cycle or seasonal cycle just to remember where your food comes from and the process that people go through to make food. And really to just enjoy being out in the woods and walking around and seeing things and, you know, standing around an evaporator, having good conversation and talking. It's just, I think the ritual part of it is really nice. Man, that hits, that hits the soul. I've been thinking about ritual a lot and that sounds really lovely making time to go outside and and be with people who are close to you out in nature. And the, just the idea of marking time. I've been thinking about that a lot and how that's nice, especially in our, our, what is time? What is time these days? I have no clue. But, you know, you're talking about what makes a good maple season. And so you were saying, like, you want days that are above freezing, right? And and nights below freezing? It's like a freeze-thaw cycle to get sap flowing. Yeah, the sap, when it gets cold, the sap goes down to the roots of the trees and kind of hangs out there. And then when it warms up, it moves up through the through the wood of the tree. And that's when you catch the sap flowing. If it's just sitting still at the bottom, it's not coming out of the tree. Or once, you know, it's being used for food for the leaves, um, then it's not moving as much either. So you'd want to take the taps out and stop, you know, when the tree looks like it's going to leaf out or when it starts getting warmer. My favorite Dr. Seuss book was uh, The Lorax. You know, I speak for the trees. Um, A major part of this festival is, you know, educating the future generation about, you know, sustainability and why this is important. Um, What kind of lessons do you think this process holds for for kids coming? Kara? (laughs) Yes. Yes, Bianca. Um, What lessons does this hold? Um, We are part of this earth. We are part of nature. We come from nature. And so having the celebration remembering where our food comes from. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. It teaches children that, first of all, not only does our food come from the natural world, do we need to work for it? Do we need to respect the earth in order to have food and in order to be here? But hopefully as children grow and they recognize our interconnectedness, not only with the land, but all living things, the birds, the animals, the plants, you know, the insects, they'll learn to love them and protect them and create a better future, not only for themselves, but for all of us. And let's just say one more thing really quick, that when we spend time in nature, we're happy, we're energized, we have this freedom that we don't necessarily get from being inside and being connected to our screens. And people have been getting food from trees for probably thousands of years, right? Right. And there's so much that's been lost, you know, about the history of maple syrup and where it came from because of colonization, because the indigenous nations that were here before us had such an oral tradition. And the white colonizers who came here did not respect that oral tradition, nor did they respect the nations that were here. Right. Like they took so much. I just think about, you know, like how much we've lost, how much knowledge and wisdom we've lost from the world and from the people who have come before us because we had this mentality that for some reason we are above others. We can take things. And 
that's not what life is. Life is life is about giving as well as taking, right? So hopefully this an event in some small way, shape, or form will plant um, that seed to the families that come and visit and the programs that we do here plant that seed in the children and families that partake in our programming. Absolutely. And let's just know, I mean, you're the Aldo Leopold Nature Center and the land ethic. Like this is about, you know, our, our discussions around treating the environment with respect and an ethical source. And you just said, let, let's talk about what's at the fest, right? Kara, what like, what can folks expect? Like what what can folks get up to at the festival? So we um, we are tapping trees. Um, we've been tapping trees um, this week and so we'll have tap trees on site. So they'll be able to actually see what a tapped tree looks like. They'll be able to talk about the process. They'll be able to taste sap from the tree, from the maple tree. And then they'll be able to watch kind of the process. We do do some cooking down. It takes a long time to boil down sap into maple syrup. So we unfortunately won't be able to like boil it all down in the three hour event that we're having, but we'll have some cooking demonstrations so families can see the process and see how that's made. We'll also have, as Virginia mentioned, taste tests. So they'll be able to taste the difference between pure maple syrup as well as pancake syrup. Um, we'll have maple cream, which is another product. Um, just keep on cooking that maple syrup and then you get maple cream. <laughs> so wow. you can try sample maple cream and see what that tastes like. Um, we'll have the sundaes, of course, with maple syrup. Those are the foodie things. We're hoping to also be selling maple syrup on site. Um, and then we'll also have another snack cart food cart. Then in addition to that, this event happens on March 18th, two days before the official start of spring. We're a nature center. Come hike the grounds. Look for spring flowers. Look for spring ephemerals. Get outside. In addition to discovering and learning more about the process of maple syrup and hearing the history um, and visiting the children's shack and doing all these taste tests, hike the grounds. Look for some um, birds that have returned from migration. We have sandhill cranes on site that nest here every year. So you can look for them, listen to their calls. We have already seen a video going around today of them dancing, doing their, starting their mating rituals. Preach. I'm right there with you. Well, Virginia, Kara, this has been so lovely. Thanks for telling us a little bit about what's special about Maple Fest. And thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. That was Virginia Wigan and Kara Erickson from the Aldo Leopold Nature Center, speaking with our host, Bianca Martin. The Maple Syrup Fest is Saturday, March 18th at the Center in Monona. We'll throw a link with all the deets in our show notes. Happy Leopold Week, y'all. And here's what else Madison's talking about. Anyone who owns a big commercial building in Madison will soon have to track their energy use and report it to the city. Think big grocery stores, shopping centers, those kind of things. It's all part of Madison's effort to combat climate change. The city says commercial buildings account for nearly a third of all carbon emissions in Madison. The city council passed it unanimously this week over the objections of the local chamber of commerce. They're also requiring large buildings to do what they call energy tune-ups every four years, something they say other cities are already doing. And have you been following the race for Wisconsin Supreme Court? The candidates will meet for one televised debate before Election Day. Just one. And it's happening Tuesday, March 21st, hosted by the State Bar, WIS Politics, and Channel 3. 
Milwaukee Judge Janet Protasewicz and former Justice Dan Kelly have agreed to answer questions on reproductive rights, gerrymandering, and other issues. And if you're short on time, WisPolitics President Jeff Mayers will be back on the pod to break it all down in 20 minutes or less. So don't worry, we got you. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. Bianca Martin is our host. I'm Molly Stentz. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell someone sweet about our podcast? We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye.